Good evening. This is Steve from the Across the Tracks podcast. I'd like to welcome you back. Yep, we're back. I'm Wayne, back for another episode. And uh, we're here into March and uh, got a good topic tonight we're going to kick into March with. And uh, hopefully everyone listening will enjoy it. And uh, if you have comments, questions, feel free to hit us up, man. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, let's let's get things started. Uh, the last time that we uh, uh, broadcast, uh, it was just prior to uh, the tensions that were going on over in Ukraine. At that time, it was just tensions going on in Ukraine. And within hours of the time that we uh finished our broadcast, it went from tensions to conflict and from conflict to war. And looks like things are uh, getting pretty, pretty bad over there. Um, we have uh, this, the um, Russian uh, government and Russia attacking uh, the independent country of Ukraine which broke away from the Soviet Union in the 90s. So um, the leader of Russia, Vladimir Putin, is uh, decided that he's going to go and take back or take over Ukraine. And the Ukrainians are saying, we ain't going to have that. It could be so easy. So that's kind of where we were. Uh, yep back then um what, what are your thoughts on what's happening over in europe now uh it's it's sad man to see uh that um you know this guy he's a dictator autocrat whatever you want to call it i mean you've invaded a sovereign nation for no reason i mean other than then you're pissed and uh, you want attention from the rest of the world because You've been isolated for so long due to COVID and a few other things. So now you're going to attack a sovereign nation for other than the fact that you're pissed and you want to you know, get the band back together, so to speak, that was um, the USSR. I mean, that that's all this is about. And so it's unfortunate, man. You you watch the news and you see he's, he's targeting civilians, um, you know, bombing people's apartments, schools stuff like that it's like you know really no military targets are being um you know uh, bombed or, or you know gone after so it's sad to see and and the sad aspect of the real sad aspect of this is other than sanctions that the, the rest of the world is levying upon him um no one really can uh intercede from a military perspective because of the fact that ukraine is not a member of nato but there are a lot of NATO nations around Ukraine, and I'm not sure what his ultimate goal is, um, but I do know that if he does cross the line, cross the border and go into one of those NATO countries, um, there's, it's going to be crazy, man, because Article 5 will require that the rest of the NATO nations come to the defense of that NATO partner. So it's a bit of a powder keg over there, man. Uh, but here's what happens when you have one individual who wants to do whatever he wants because no one is standing up to him 
uh, even you know, even though people are protesting in Russia that they didn't want this, no one has been standing up to this guy for years. I mean, he's been president for how long? I mean, over twenty years. Over twenty years. So uh, that that's what you get, man. And and you got dumbass people here in America talking about you. Know, people are taking away my freedom, and I, you don't know what having your freedom taken away is until you live under a regime like that. Right. So uh, it's sad to see, man. And I. I don't know if the sanctions are going to drive him to stop this or not. I, I, I'm not sure what his ultimate game is. It, it may be something that's going to pull the entire world into this. And if that happens, um, it, it's going to be bad all around. So yep. those are my thoughts. Yep. And uh, to, to go along with that, the fact that, um, you know, Article 5 uh, basically says that attack upon any NATO nation is yeah. an attack upon all of them. And so he's going to push it to brinksmanship. Yep. And uh, eventually, you know, as you said, something may break off. But, right. you know, there may be skirmishes between NATO forces and uh, yep. Russian troops. Yep. And um, I'm sure if there's any Americans involved, uh, the the Russians don't really want to do that because, you know, they try to uh, bully Americans uh, in Syria, yep. and they they uh, tried to attack a a, a small group of uh, American um, soldiers in Syria, and ended up biting off more than they could chew. You know, they they you know 300 Russians were dead. And hardly any Americans were uh, killed or wounded in this little clash. So, you know, they don't really will really want to mess with us conventionally because, you know, it, it will be over. Right. And so right. he he tries to throw out the idea that, yeah, I can I can use nuclear weapons. And, you know, he's trying to use I think he's trying to use that as a method to um communicate or uh, negotiate a way out, you know, because if he says, well, if, if I use nuclear weapons, then we can say, okay, we can use nuclear weapons. All right. And the French can say, well, we got nuclear weapons. We can use them too. Yeah. You know, and there's more than, you know, the United States and Russia with nuclear weapons. So, and several of them are members of NATO. That's and the right. thing that he wanted to get accomplished in trying to drive a wedge in NATO, in NATO, you know, because, you know, let's go back for a second. When the past occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue was uh, in, at since uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, never said a word about uh, the Russians, never said anything negative about the Russians. Nope. And, and Putin knew that he wanted to break up NATO. And if you go back and think about it, and the more that I started thinking about these things that are going on is the fact that Putin's never really wanted or liked NATO. And he had he had his own uh, agent in Agent Orange that was yep. in the White House at the time. Yeah, because the first thing that he did is when he when he uh, became the uh, leader of the country is he attacked NATO. Yep. Full and, full. you know, we, we want to, we're going to pull out of NATO. Well, guess what? If the United States pulled out of NATO, the rest of NATO will probably fall apart saying that the United mm -hmm. States 
kind of was responsible for creating NATO. So yep. he was literally a puppet of Putin. Yep. And, you know, dumbass people don't realize that Putin was using him and he's thinking that he's going to get a good deal out of it after he leaves <laughs> office and doesn't realize that he was compromised by a KG, a former KGB officer. Yep, yep. You know, yep. he didn't he didn't even realize he was being screwed, man. You know, he's he's but he's the smartest man in the world. <laughs> you know, he knows more than the generals. Man, you you I mean, people saw it. People with any amount of intelligence saw that. Man, you're you're being used by this guy. You're being manipulated by this guy. And um, you know, having been assigned to NATO during my time in the military, yeah, the U.S. takes the lead. That that is no, that's the truth. Nate, the U.S. takes the lead when it comes to NATO. And so if we had have pulled out, oh, my God, you oh, know, yeah. we might be talking something totally different tonight. Um, yep. If the U.S., if he had to pull the U.S. out of NATO, this discussion probably would be a different tone. So thank God that he didn't. There were, you know, people with more intelligence than him, you know, realize that, no, we're, we can't we can't do that. And uh, but the allies were insulted during his administration. And it's taken a lot of time to get that trust back, man. You know, and uh, people are, you know, saying Biden isn't doing this or that. But I, I think Biden is doing a good job. He's, he's brought the allies back to the table. Um, NATO is united in, uh, in in their message, in the sanctions. The EU is on board. So um, we might be in a different position, man, if 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 Orange Julius had got his way. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and, and Putin got the opposite of what he wanted to do. Yep. You know, he wanted he wanted to break up NATO and now suddenly NATO is united. Right. And they realize and they realize that uh without them working coherently together, then there's gonna be issues. So yep. you know, we've flown more troops over to uh Poland and different areas. Yep. And they're only you know, they're sm small in numbers, but there's a force there that can uh, say that, you know, we're going to support NATO. Right. We're going right. to support our allies. And um, that would be uh, enough to s send out the signal that, hey, this is what we're going to do. Right. I mean, and, 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 and the other thing is that, thank God, the election went the way it did. Because we would totally be doing a totally different thing right now without that election uh, falling the way that it did. So therefore, you know, in, in 2024, hell, it's it's going to be really important if, you know, Cheeto Jesus, you know, he decides to run again. I don't think he will. Yeah, he's so, talking. He's so, talking. Yeah. So in that way you know, we, we need to protect NATO again because right. that fool may, may pull us out. And, you know, so we don't know, this is, this is uncharted territory, you know, never before has a leader of a country for the most part in recent years, in recent decades, stayed in a country and said, I'm going to stay here until, you know, we win this thing. So what's going to happen if this president gets killed or captured? 
Yeah. That's never happened before. Nope. Nope. You know, usually well, those guys run away. Right. Now Zelensky, I I applaud him, man. He 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 is he is staying with his people. He's standing up for his country. And I think my man has realized these people aren't no pushovers, man. They're not going <laughs> to let you just waltz up in there and take over their country. And he's no found out these folks are willing to lay their lives on the line for their uh, their sovereignty, man. And it, it's it's great to see. And Zelensky, I think he surprised a lot of people, man. Yeah. He surprised a lot of people. Yep, yep. So he, yep. he was offered the USA, man, we'll get you out. He's like, nope, nope, I, I'm not, I'm staying. So and I'm glad he did sure. stay. That is leadership. So we'll see. It's 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 sad though, man, to see what's going on. And uh, it, you you want people to you want NATO or the EU or the United Nations, someone to uh, you know take up arms and support these guys. But as soon as that happens, all hell is going to break loose. And I don't think the I don't think the world wants that. Yeah. Well, and it gives those people over in Europe. I know that the uh, Switzerland and Sweden and those yeah. areas that's always kind of been uh, neutral. Yep. You know, they're looking like, well, you know, we probably need protection from yep. from this this guy. Right. So those countries that have normally been uh, independent and and um, nonpartisan or whatever. You know, they're starting to say maybe we should seek membership in in NATO. And so once again, Putin, thinking that he's going to drive a wedge in NATO, has just been uh, shot down. You know, he's uh, he's had egg on his face. So, you know, the unity is uh, strong. I think some Russian Russian businessman has put a bounty out on his head. (laughs) You know, somebody's willing. I think he said if he'll give, I I forget how many people he'll give them a million dollars or whoever can take him out or whatnot. <laughs> and I then mean, the, the people are turning against him. That's the the people inside Russia are turning against him. They don't want this. You know, they don't want this. And but, uh, but again, this this dude is a stone cold dictator, and no one has ever come up against him. If they did, they were poisoned or killed or whatever. Right. And, so, and, and go, yeah, go going going back to what you said, then people in America that complains about their freedoms, you know, um, we have the freedom to talk about our president. We have the freedom right. to talk about our legislators and anything right. else. Right. And you know, over there, you know, they've arrested what two or three thousand people protesting yeah. against them. Yeah. And he shut down any independent news organizations yep. and, and yep. radio stations and so on. So he's only feeding them what he wants them to hear. That's right. That's and right. so, you know, we've but got, we have, we have freedoms and they, they don't have any freedoms, even though they, they say that we're voting for this guy. They're not because yeah. they don't, they don't get the same, nope. they don't have the same um, rights that we do. Nope. Because he is a dictator. Right. And I tell you, you you if 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 he had a mask mandate or whatever, I'm not wearing a mask. Guess what? <laughs> okay, you don't want to wear a mask. We're either gonna put your ass in prison or something else. But you 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 don't want to comply? Okay, we'll take care of that. Whereas here, 
People are in the street protesting. Truckers driving across the country, they want to protest the vaccine mandates. I mean, that is freedom. That is what freedom allows you to do. Yeah. And, and these dumbasses crying about, you're taking away our freedom. Uh, you, you need to go 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 read a book and, yeah. and find out the difference between um, uh, dictatorship, autocracy, and, and autocratic governments and de- democratic governments because you're yeah. you're missing the boat. So. Yeah. Yeah. Look at China. Look at China. Hell, if it, it, you don't wear a mask there, they'll they'll lock your ass in your house. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you and if your door is a metal door, they're gonna weld the damn door shut. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to wear a mask. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. You don't want to wear a mask? Live yeah. in that place in that shithole for the rest for the right. rest of your life. Right. I have to <laughs> tell you a funny story. And and I was living in Turkey at the time. Oh shit. And Turkey's a you know the Turkey is democratic, but they their were. their leader at the time I I don't think Erdogan had come to power when I was there. I forgot who the who the prime minister of Turkey was at the time when I was there. It it might have been. I don't think Erdogan was in power yet. But anyway, uh, during the census, during the Turkish census, um, the edict went out that hey, on the day of the census, do not come out of your wherever you live, your house, your apartment, whatever. Do not be in the street. The census takers are going to knock on the door. They expect you to be home so they can get the count. This people were walking around doing this by hand. Okay, do not be in the street during these hours. Okay, the census takers will be around. It was broken down by neighborhood, that type of thing. Do you know, man? On this was Sunday. This was a Sunday when they were doing my area where I lived. You looked out. I looked out the window, man. It was like a ghost town. There was not one person on the street. And they said, you know, hey, if you're military, NATO, whatever, just show them your NATO ID card they'll, and they'll leave you alone, right? So the guy mm-hmm. knocked on my door, opened the door, and I showed him my NATO ID card. He's like, okay, fine, thank you, boom. But no one was in the street during the hours that census was being taken. Now, were people out protesting, like, you're taking away our freedom? No. They knew damn good and well, like, man, if I if I oppose this, <laughs> I might end up in jail. You know? Yep. That's what that's what we're this this talking about people taking away our freedom here, man. It, it's it's ridiculous mm-hmm. because a lot of these people have never been anywhere outside the U.S. and have no idea what the hell they're talking about because they, they've never seen anything else other than the U.S. And when you go somewhere to where, you know, your freedom is restricted, then you might be you, you know, you might sing a different tune. But a lot of these people are plumb stupid, man. Hmm. When were you in Turkey? I was in Turkey from I was in Turkey from 96 to 98. 96 to 98. Okay. 96 to 98. Um and it, again it was you know Turkey was was they had changed uh their government. They they were democratic. They were a member of NATO. That's why I was there. I was signed mm-hmm. to the NATO unit uh there um and it was US, Turkish, Danish, British. Uh I think we had a couple of Canadians in the unit. And um, made made met a lot of good people there, man. But you could clearly see in the headquarters where we're at, the U.S. took the lead on everything, man. Yeah, we took the lead on everything, and that's that's neither here nor there. That's just how it was. Right, right. But you, there was an air of cooperation between the U.S. and their allies that was on display every day. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, it was it was you know one of the more interesting assignments I had uh, during my time just to you know be a part of a NATO command to see okay this is how NATO really works, but you also see like wow NATO is the equipment is not necessarily up to par for a lot of the allies compared to the U.S. Um, and that's why the U.S. took the lead a lot of times you know right. But, um, yeah, I mean, you complied. There was no, why I had to stay at my house? (laughs) You know, (laughs) there was none of this protesting. It's like, keep your ass in the house during these hours so they can do the census. And after that, you can do your thing. But it was like a ghost town during the hours where the census was going on. Hmm. That is people understanding, I better comply. Yep. You know, we got, you know, all these dumbass people running around. I don't want to wear a mask. Why are you taking away my freedom? Why can't I, you know, shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. <laughs> no, shut up. Shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah, shut the hell up, man. So, oh, Lord have mercy. Yeah. Dumbasses. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll tell you what. Speaking of dumbasses, let's kind of segue to some dumbass um, political uh, topics here tonight. One, one in particular, that's going to be kind of our main topic that we want to discuss, and that is our second topic, and that is what we we kicked this idea around probably since the election of 2020, and that is um, we're going we're going to call this next little segment the American apartheid, and so. In looking at um, elections, the 2020 election and people, excuse me, complaining about, you know, the election was rigged. Of course, it wasn't and all that kind of stuff. And then the states started to pass laws that were not germane or justified to what was going on at the time. You know, so let's we're going to let's take a few minutes to take a look at how our country and let's kind of compare and contrast apartheid from South Africa and then the what I'm calling kind of the apartheid system in America, the American uh, apartheid system. So. You know, we talked about this a little bit, and, and let's do a little background. And that is, you know, in um, South Africa, going back to the late 19th century, um, you know, they had um, English and local people uh, fighting over that territory over there. Uh, they had the Boer Wars that went on in the late 1800s. Uh, 1800s. And you had the British and local whites, basically, that fought for control of uh, South Africa. And in the process, um, with technology and everything, of course, you know, we we talked about Shaka Zulu and uh, leaders like that in, in South Africa. But technology allowed the minority of those people, because of technology, to really... Uh, kind of take over. And then towards the uh, end of that year, the uh, the British kind of won out on in that Bowler Wars. And then what ended up happening in South Africa is that 
they created a uh, segregated system. And in that segregated system, basically, uh, it was tier. It's kind of like India's caste system. Yep. You know, where you had, you know, the, the people at the top and at the very bottom of the caste system were the untouchables. Well, in the apartheid system, you had the white minority that ended up controlling everything, the minority population. And then beneath them, you had the status of Indians. Beneath them, you had um, coloreds, meaning a combination of interracial um, people. And then at the bottom of the ring were blacks. And so that kind of how apartheid started off. But then uh, the South African government decided that not only are we going to rank these racial groups in order, but we're now going to specifically start controlling the land. So if you were colored, if you were uh, black, you could only live in specific areas. And you had certain rights that you that you lost all of that, you know. So, you know, when you think of South Africa, we think of, you know, basically the ghetto and Soweto was the ghetto, uh, the the top or the, the one that we heard about or hear about the most because, you know, that was, um, you know, where Nelson Mandela and the uh, the ANC uh, were strong at and so on. So that's kind of how it was. You had a minority of the country, you know, 4% of the country controlled 96% of the population. Okay, that's apartheid. And they fought against that for decades. Part of Americans, we fought against apartheid. We, when we're going through the civil rights movement and so on. Um, And we wanted to end apartheid there and we wanted to, protect civil rights in America. Well, we went through the civil rights thing of the 60s and 70s, and United States, we've always had issues with race. From the beginning of our country, we've always had an issue issue of race. So back to the election of 2020 and legislations that has uh, developed since then is that nearly... 20 to 25 states have passed laws that have restricted its minorities, whether it's specifically voting rights. Because if we go back to 2020, voting rights, it was the votes that took out Orange Julius Caesar. Yep. Okay, the majority of the people that, that voted against him, more than 7 million people voted against him. Okay, and 11,779 of them voted against him in Georgia. Yeah. So um, this issue of of how the minority in the state legislatures or these states are now really controlling the narrative. Okay, and our system has always been an issue of we can't because 
as opposed to we're not going to let you because. Okay, so what we have in the United States is kind of in a, a structural discrimination. Uh, it's kind of in, institutional. Uh, it's systematic, and it has um, has been built in our system of government from day one. It has driven our government. It's driven our society, and it is um, it is held in place. You know what I'm seeing our our American apartheid. It is held in place because of power. We want to keep our power. We want to think this is our philosophy that we want to get a, accomplished, and then we have to put those things in practice. And so. Racism in America has really uh, been so normalized in our American culture that it's seemingly unnoticeable to to many to many white folks because it's part of the system. When and when we talk about systematic racism, people think that we're pointing fingers at individual people as opposed to talking about how our our country has developed, our American culture has developed, and it's to develop around those things I just mentioned, okay? You know, power, policy, and the practices of things that are taking place. That's a kind of a long explanation, but that's kind of what we're going to deal with tonight. Did, did I go too far on that? No, no. The background, uh, I think, you know, to put it in the proper perspective, to con compare and contrast, uh, the background was necessary, I think. Uh, and, you know, what was it? In the, you said the uh, 19th century. I remember the, the hot issue, I think it was in the, was in the 80s. Um, you know, the U.S., you know, people wanting the U.S., people were protesting because they wanted the U.S. to divest itself from... Yep doing business in South Africa and certain musical artists uh, refused. They were not going to do uh, concerts in um, Sun City, which was a, yep. a ritzy type place in South Africa for the rich. A lot of artists said we're not going to play there. And then there was a great movie, man. You might remember this movie that came out. Um, Denzel Washington played Stephen Biko, mm -hmm. a movie called Cry Freedom, which was, a, was about the apartheid movement. He was a leader uh, in the movement to, uh, you know, to, uh, uh, oppose apartheid. So right. the background was great. It was, it was needed. It set the stage for the discussion to be had going forward. All right. All right. All right. So let's, let's continue on with this idea of, um, politics and the American apartheid system, because we can't go further unless we talk about the politics of control. And for the most part in American history, um, white politicians, if you look at our government per se, has been white politicians. And they have relegated, for the most part, most black folks to segregated, a segregated lifestyle. They've placed black folks in segregated neighborhoods. You know, as we talk about the great migration uh, after the Civil War of black folks moving up to your major northern cities, 
the white politicians in some of those major northern cities say, hey, you can move to New York, but you have to move to this area. You can move to Chicago, but you have to live in these areas. Okay. And a lot of those areas that they move black folks into were areas where, you know, there wasn't a need to have humans or animals to live. They put these people in, in some cases, not all the cases, in some areas that were trash. Yep. You know, we're going to move you to an area that's where our, our lands fields are. Okay, we're going to we're going to let you settle in this area where we incinerate all of our trash and so on. So, you know, black people and so on, minorities, brown or black people or poor whites as well um, would be around all this disease and, and trash and so on. Uh, they had put them in industrial waste sites. Um, you know, just just think of what happened with Love Canal. You remember Love Canal mm -hmm. that took yep. place? Yeah. You know, they moved all those folks in um, uh, Love Canal. And then when all those people started getting sick, a lot of those people were white people, then they had to investigate. And then they come to find out that, yeah, they did move those those folks into what we used to be a nuclear uh, waste site. Yep. Okay. But in uh, other cities, if you, you know, if, if you were black, we just, you're going to go there. And so what ends up perpetuating is the fact that, you know, there is no um, um, generational wealth that's created, you know? So if someone at, at points and times of their lives, uh, a lot of people couldn't raise themselves out of those situations because of overcrowding and where they could and could not could could not live. That's just like uh, in the in the 70s when uh, Agent Orange or George Orange Julius Caesar was wanting to rent apartments and condos to people. He wouldn't rent them to black folks. Nope. Okay, so. Um, that was part of it. And politicians, you know, they wrote laws that said that you have no power. You know, if you look at the state of Mississippi, uh, the majority of the people that live in Mississippi are black. Yep. But the majority of the legislature in Mississippi is white. How does that happen? Yep. Okay. You know, um, there's a big thing right now about the uh, census, about um uh, gerrymandering, you know, how they carve up certain areas where people live and say, okay, this is going to be, um, this is going to be area one. This is going to be uh, district one. And in district one, you have uh, 900,000 people living in district one. And uh, within that district, there's an area within district one that there is a hundred thousand people and we're going to say that area is where you get republican representation and the other eight hundred thousand people in in that area get no representation because they carved that niche they've made that area just where all the republicans live or could be the democrats live go either way that's where they live and that's where they're, they're going to put the power. 
So you have a minority, 100,000 people, has more power than 800,000 people. Yep. Okay. That's what that's what happens. Or, you know, in, in order for you to vote, you have to read this book. Well, you're just getting out of slavery and no one taught you how to read. Well, guess what? You don't get to do. Right. You don't get right. to vote. Yep. So that's, that's just a, a couple things to kind of get this get this yeah. thing started off. How about yeah. what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, um, I, I I agree. I agree. I, I think, um, and I I want to I want to throw this out. I think it was uh, I think it was Abraham Lincoln in the Gettysburg Address who coined the phrase in that speech that there should be a government of the people by the people for the people. Yep. And that is the essence of democracy. But what you've got going on now is, well, only a few people are have are seem to have the say so about what democracy is and what rights certain people have and what they don't have. And the, to me, the biggest aspect of a democratic society, yeah, you have freedom of speech. You have a lot of these other freedoms that the Constitution allows, the Bill of Rights allows, that type of thing. But the, I think the biggest pillar of democracy is that we, the people, we have the choice to elect the people we want to represent us. Mm-hmm. But it seems as though a faction of this country, they are afraid. Uh, that's the only thing I come up with. You're afraid that these people who don't look like you, they're voting in record numbers. They're exercising their constitutional right to vote. So when you see that and you see that, wow, these people are turning out to vote for these candidates, they're exercising their constitutional right, but we got to stop that yep. because we're afraid we're going to lose. So what do we do? I just saw the other day, Arizona's thinking about passing a bill to make voting mailing unconstitutional. Yeah. I mean, ridiculous. Decreasing the number of drop boxes in certain neighborhoods. No voting on Sunday. Yep. When a lot of folks vote after church, they go what after. I mean, these things are targeted towards certain people. So you can't tell me that a few want to con- want to be the voice of many and they don't want certain voices to be heard. And those voices happen to be black and brown people. So um, once that is taken away, once once you take away people's right to elect their representatives, then to me, you've you've you're you're, you're you've stuck a um, you've put democracy on life support, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, when people can't go to the polls and vote for their elected representatives, you've put democracy on life support. And that's where we find ourselves. Yeah. So your apartheid uh, comparison, yes, you're going to have a few, you're not going to have you have a few people. And those few people predominantly are white men who are controlling these legislatures in these states. They're making these bills that are totally slanted toward keeping people of a certain ethnicity, colors, whatever you want to call it, keeping them from exercising that right to vote. So they, in turn, control what happens. Yep. They they, they control the narrative of what happens, not just at the state level, 
But these people are getting elected. They're becoming the governors. They're becoming mayors and they're becoming senators. And next thing you know, they're at the highest level of the government calling the shots. And guess who's, guess who's getting victimized? It's black and brown people. And you threw in there. I'm glad you threw in there. Poor white people are getting victimized too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. in the same boat with us. Yep. So the, the a few people are dictating what the bulk of us are going to be able to do and say in this country. And 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 that's where we are. And I, I totally agree, man, that that we are in an apartheid state. And, you know, it's it's the fact that for the most part, uh, minority groups in the country really don't really speak out enough about this because life is hard for some yep. folks. Yeah. And, you know, working two or three jobs means that you may not have the energy to get out there and speak out about certain things. The one equalizer that we're supposed to have in this country, regardless of your social or economic um, way of life or your status uh, up or down within society, is the vote. You know, you can take the poorest person, you can take the most wealthy person in the world, put them in a voting booth, and they have the same rights. And as you mentioned earlier, the fact that a lot of people has come out and voted, you know, and they, because of the pandemic, said that, you know, we have mail-in ballots You can't I'm not going to go out there and stand in line. So let's go ahead and use mail in ballots. For example, in Florida, hell, they've always used mail in ballots. Most of the people that use mail in ballots ballots were white folks. Okay, and so black folks said, huh, we can mail our stuff in. Well, let's mail it in, too. So more people participated because of mail in ballots and so on. And so therefore. Wow. A lot of brown and black people voted. We can't have that to happen. So we got to get rid of mail-in ballots because, you know, Cheeto Jesus said that he was cheated out of 11,779 votes. But he needed 11,780 votes to win Georgia. Yeah. But he himself voted by mail. Yeah. And he, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. His whole his whole damn family voted yeah, by mail. Yeah. So and so uh, now they want to take right. the equalizer away. Yep. And by by doing so, you know, I've said it probably, and you've heard me probably say this a thousand times. If we can't beat them, cheat them. Yep. That's right. Okay. So um, that's that that's right. their way of that's their way of. Of, of cheetahs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's sad that has, it's, it's come to that, but that's the way it is. And that's another way that you can see that we've got a minority of people controlling the majority of the population. Yeah. Okay. That's apartheid. Yeah. The, the only difference is, is that we didn't have the specific categories like they have over in South Africa of you know you're Indian, you're colored or you're black. Here you're you're you are are a minority when it comes to voting. Okay? 
So if we're in the minority and we control the votes, by golly, you're not you're not going to be able to to win le- elections. And that's what they want to get done. And we as a people, you know, we need to do what we can to make sure that we are out voting in mass. Okay. We can't sit back and 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 let these things take place. Uh, we have to concentrate more on local elections, I think. Absolutely. You know, and we just we just gotta stop being so passive. Absolutely. I I once had a uh I read a poem by Langston Hughes. And the the Langston it, Langston Hughes said this. I think the name of the poem was Negro. And it says, Negroes, sweet and docile, meek, humble and kind, beware the day they change their mind. Mm. You know, Quite so, profound. you know, sweet, docile, meek, humble and kind, <laughs> you know, that's kind of what black it's, folks are. Yeah, that's, you know? that's who we are. Yes. And, our essence. Yes, that's who we are. Let's let's throw this but let's pull the pin on this grenade and say beware the day they change their mind because that's a power change that is gonna be a massive change to take place. You know, stop being meek, docile, kind, mm-hmm. and mild. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I, th- I, th- I, you know, I, I, I think, I think we, we are at that point. And just, we're talking about the black community. I, I think, I think we're to that point. I think we're fed up and tired of, with a lot of crap that's going on in this country. We, we, we talk about it in our houses. We talk about it at the barbershops, the beauty salons. It may come up in the church every now and then. But black folks are tired of what's been going on in this country for a long time. And I'm not sure what's going to light that fuse to, like you say, to change that narrative. What's what's going to ignite that fuse, man? Because there, there's been a lot of grenades going off in the black community for a long time. So what 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 else is it going to take to light that fuse for us to realize as a collective group, we have power and we could make some wholesale change in the way this country views us, treats us. And we can have a lot of power to 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 have a lot more power of what goes on to say what goes on in this country if we could stick together, band together. Right. Well, what's going to ignite that fuse? <laughs> right, right. And I, I think the last thing you said is sticking together. Yeah. And uh, another part of the American apartheid situation is the governments, leaders of the governments leaders of local, state, and national government governments do not want black folks, minority groups, black and brown people, and poor white people to band together. Absolutely. Because there's too much power there. Every time yeah. there's been an individual or group that has shown power that can unite, the government has taken those people either out or gotten rid of that those organizations. Yeah. You know, I mean, you go back to, you know, Marcus Garvey in the 1920s. Okay. 
and 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 go back to you know Frederick Douglass. Yeah. Uh, and what can we do to get yeah. these people out? Because in the 1920s, you know, we're thinking about Marcus Garvey and the Harlem Renaissance and so on. Yeah. You know, what can we do to get rid of him? Because he's showing, he's saying that there's black pride. There's a way that we can unite and possibly separate. And then what do you do? You get him on fraud charges. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you deport him out of the country and you break up that that group you break up that uh unity you break up that togetherness and so you start then you start people pulling on well who's going to take over what's going to happen now if this person though and you know within the black community we've always had you know i'm better than you because i have good hair i'm better to you because i'm light-skinned compared to somebody else we've always had those narratives within the black community that has pulled us apart, you know, instead of picking everybody up, pulling somebody up, we're always trying to drag somebody back down to a different level and so on. And so the government knows that. And that's going back to the beginning of uh, of slavery in, in the American apartheid system also, you know, you, you pull those people apart. You know, yeah. when they had the slaves, you had the field slaves, and then you had the house slaves. Okay, who do you want to be in charge? And so, you know, there is always this, there is always this angst, there is always this friction between between black groups or minority groups and so on, that yeah. that always pulls them apart. And so that's all part of it as well. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right, man. Uh, it's that's the playbook. We we know the playbook, and and it's it's not just again you you see this playing out, not not just among what's going on with minority people, black and brown, primarily black and brown people, but you have a faction of people in the government. They're telling women what to do with their bodies. Oh yeah, you know, it's it's, it's you you're telling women what to do. It's none of your business. I mean, but you you want to control that too. So uh, it's. It's ridiculous, man, that we are on um, this level of footing in this country to where um, uh, the voices of a few are drowning out the voices of many. And um, we, on some hand, have we allowed it to happen? Uh, Yeah. But um, we see it unfolding right before our faces that systematically um, they are setting up the systems are already here, but they're refining those systems to make it more difficult uh, for minorities, black, brown people, women, poor whites uh, to to have a say so in in their um, in their lives in this country, man. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and it's it, it's it's so plain to see. It yep. is plain to see. And here's here's another example. Uh, last week, I think it was that uh, President Biden announced his. Uh, Supreme Court nominee yep. to replace uh, Justice uh, Brewer. Brewer. And it's Breyer. Brown. Was it Brown? Breyer. 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 Yeah, Brown. Yeah. And it's Katanji Brown. Yes. Jackson, right? Yeah. Katanji yep. Brown Jackson, yes. And, you know, it, it's amazing how people immediately attacked her. Yep. Okay. Especially people of Fox News, you know, Tucker, 
Tucker Carlson. He needs to shut his damn mouth. You know, he comes out and says, well, let's see her uh, LSAT scores. Yeah. You know, she's a justice. Let's see her LSAT score. He never said that about Amy Coney Brown. I mean, Amy Coney Barrett. Coney Barrett, yeah. Damn, I'm going to get this right in a minute, America. Or Or Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. Or Gorsuch. Gorsuch, nope. No, they didn't. And you know damn well you didn't ask Orange Cheeto about his qualifications. Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> Let's he only see qualified your qualifications. Because, I mean, yeah, that, he that only qualified that because you know, he's thirty. He was over thirty-five, and he lived yeah. in the country for fourteen years, and he's an American citizen. That's it. That 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 pissed me off though, man. When 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 he asked like, has Biden seen her LSAT scores? I'm like, really? It it, it always goes back to the old adage, man. Even even your best will be viewed as less than. This lady is a Harvard graduate. She's, I mean, her resume is impeccable, but it's still not enough for her to be accepted in the eyes of white America. Yep. A portion of white a America. A portion, yeah. Because the 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 bottom the bottom line is, well, she's only getting this job because of affirmative action and this kind of crap. But this lady is more than qualified than some of the people that are already on the damn Supreme Court. Yeah. You know? Well, well guess what? Amy Barrett? Yeah, Amy Comey. A- Amy, Amy Comey Barrett. Comey Barrett. <laughs> well, she also used affirmative action. Yeah. Right? Isn't she yep. a woman? Yeah. Doesn't affirmative, affirmative action yep. deal with women's rights? Yep. So they didn't play the affirmative action card against her. Nope. Nope. Not they didn't raise he didn't raise his lips up against no. Amy Comey Barrett. Nope. And she took advantage of affirmative action. Absolutely. And she didn't spend half half the time that Judge Brown Jackson spent on the court. No. She no. didn't spend half a third of the time, an eighth of the time that she spent on the court. There's they always got plenty of rulings that that uh, Katanji Brown Jackson has that they can look over. How right. many rulings did Amy Comey Barrett have? Yeah. How many times has she decided? It's just they just need to shut the hell up. Yeah. Your 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 you know your your the old adage your parents said you got to be twice as good, you know. But a lot of times that don't matter. Cause they're they're, <laughs> yeah. gonna, they're 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 gonna find something, and I knew it as soon as he announced that she was gonna be the nominee. I'm like, okay, let's let's see how long it takes uh, before the 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 knuckleheads start attacking her. And I mean, but we here's the sad thing about it, man. We know the playbook. We know your playbook. Like like we you know you 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 probably your football coach. You had playbook. You wanted your players to study that playbook. Well. Black folks, we know the playbook. When it comes to you receiving a, a, a high-profile position, we know 99% of the time, as soon as someone is in that position, here come the attackers. You know, how did they get that job? Are they qualified? Whatever. I mean, it, it's we know that we know the playbook. Yep. So, I, I just was waiting to see how long it was going to take them to start attacking her. But <laughs> them questioning her credentials just it really pissed me off because. You've had one of the one of the dumbest uh, individuals that, that I can think of occupying the most important office in the land, and I don't see not one damn person show us your credentials. 
nobody, not a person said a word, but you're going to question this lady, question her credentials. Yeah. Like you say, just, they just need to all shut the hell up, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and this, is a, this is a moving part of American society. Yep. yep. And the, the sad part about our apartheid compared to the South African apartheid is that South Africa actually dealt with the issue. Yes. You know, when when Nelson Mandela came to power, you know, they literally had a sit down. All right. Black folks and white folks sat down and said, "Okay, this is what I did wrong under apartheid. We need to have these discussions about this. They did that. And it made the system go a little bit better. It didn't completely change everything, okay, because of the, you know, almost two centuries of minority rule in South Africa. But they at least had open conversations about race, apartheid in South Africa. United States that will never happen. Nope. Because black folks, we always talk about race. It doesn't, yep. it doesn't bother us. Yeah. Okay. Because we've always had to deal with it. Always. We've always had to find a way of uh navigating around two or three societies, whether it's language, whether it's uh, cultural awareness, whether it's social economic issues, we've always had to deal with that. Yep. You know, not all, but some white folks are afraid to deal with it. You know, just like here in, in the state of Indiana, they passed, their tr- they tried to pass a bill HB 1134, literally, that would basically ban the teaching of history in <laughs> in the United States. In in the state. Oh my gosh. Okay. You can't you can't say anything. You can't have any history books. You can't talk about you can't talk about race. You can't talk about sexuality. You can't talk about LGBTQ things. You can't talk about anything that's gonna hurt these poor kids or that parents object to. Mm -hmm. You can't have books on the shelf that parents object to. You can't have you can't have uh, pamphlets or anything like that that parents have that mm-hmm. has, and you can't teach anything that people can object object to. I mean, it's the dumbest ass bill I've ever heard in my life. So me as a history teacher, I may as well you may as well fire me because I'm right. going to teach history. Right. So I, I'm going to hurt your feelings if right. I talk about slavery. Right. I'm going to hurt your feelings if I talk about. D.C. Stevenson and the Ku Klux Klan in the state of Indiana and how it controlled the whole state of Indiana. The governor was a Klan member. The mayor was a Klan member. The sheriff, the police chief, they were all in the Klan. You mean that's going to hurt your feelings? Am I going to talk about James Cameron, who who saved being lynched in the court, the courthouse in Marion, Indiana, because somebody accused him and two other friends of raping some white lady and it was all a lie? Do I have, I can't talk about that? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, it's it's sad, man. I again, we we've talked about this before. My my, and the question I ask is, what are these? What are you afraid of? I mean, what are you literally afraid of? America is not perfect. Yeah, America is not perfect. It never has been, and it probably never will be. But the fact is, it is what it is, man. Yeah. You, you people deserve the right to know. Hey, this is how this country came to be. What it is. Again, it's not perfect, but it's one of the greatest things going. But you yeah. need to know how this country came to be. You need to know that everybody contributed to the fabric of this country. And along the way, there were some people who were mistreated who were here in America. They were mistreated. This is how they were mistreated. Doesn't mean you yourself did it. Exactly. But you need to be aware that some people carry that within their ethnic groups, they have ancestors who remember that, and that is important to them. But again, you, you're just going to not speak about the Holocaust. You're not going to speak about Japanese internment camps. You're not going to speak about slavery. You're not going to speak about the Trail of Tears. Uh, uh, what is it? Yeah, Trail of Tears. Trail of Tears, yeah. Trail of Tears. You, you, you can't talk about any of that because why? It makes America look bad. Well, you know what? Again, America is not perfect. That is history. Uh, my, my view is, and, and we, I don't think we've ever got into this, but my view is there was a lot of the hoopla surrounding taking down the statues around the country because the people were uh, the generals that lost, take down the Robert E. Lee statues, take down other statues. My view is that's not if that's not going to change somebody's heart, if taking down that statue is not going to change this person's heart who views someone whose skin color doesn't look like them, if they still harbor that ill will toward that person because of their skin color, then taking down that statue don't give don't mean a damn. Mm -hmm. You know, we got to get to a point where people's hearts are open to seeing like everybody here has contributed to what this country is. There is a history to that. That's what history is. It is a story, okay? All stories don't have happy endings, okay? There's some <laughs> sorrow in there. But to tell people you can't teach that is BS. And I, I feel for teachers, man, especially those who teach American history. I feel for them because you're tying people's hands behind their back. What, yeah. what are they supposed to teach? Like you say, you have a tough time. Yeah, yeah. You'd have I a mean, tough time. I mean, even even in math, Wayne, even in math, there could be some parents that can object to right. math. Right. Because if you go, okay, uh, uh, let's see, who developed algebra? Uh, there were Arabs. Right. Right. Well, we don't want to tell we don't want to tell these kids that Arabs developed <laughs> algebra. <laughs> When, when it that? is when it is a fact. Yeah. Who 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 were the first international business people? They were the Phoenicians. Yes. Okay. Which were Middle Eastern people. Yeah. Okay. Do we do we not teach that? Yeah. As you as you mentioned, do we not tell people about Japanese internment? It's gonna right. hurt them. Right. I mean, we talk about the Chinese Exclu Exclusion right. Act. Right. Okay. I mean. How the, how the Irish retreated when they came here. Oh, yeah. yeah you, know, do you, know, the, you know, I mean, I mean, yes, it, it, it some of some of American history is not pretty, but it, the story needs to be told and people. So you understand you're a citizen of the world 
And I guarantee you there are people in other countries know probably more than, than people do in this country know more about American history than people right here know. Oh, absolutely. They know right, right here about it. Another Turkish story, if I may. And we're, we're, we're almost 15 uh, after the hour here. But I was teaching English when I got off work in the afternoons. I would teach English at this school. And the students in the school, they were they were college age kids, so they they'd been around a little bit. So the first night I'm teaching, I introduced myself, but I said who I was, blah blah blah. This kid raised his hand, and I'm like, yeah. He told me his name, everything. I said, tell us your name, you know, a little bit. He told us their their English was pretty good, but they were they were studying to take their uh, English certification proficiency exams to get jobs in Turkish companies or whatnot. So he raised his hand, told me who he was, everything. And then he said, hey, I have a question for you. I said, yeah, what, what do you want to know? He says, um, how do you feel about white people? I'm, I'm like, what? He said, yeah, how do you feel about white people? We've studied the history of your country, and uh, we just want to know how you feel about white people because we know your story. I'm like, wow. Then I was blown away. Hmm. So he said, yeah, we, we, we know your history of your country. We, we study it. Right. Wow. You know, and and that is, a lot of kids overseas, they know the history of this country better than people right here know it. Right. They know it. And and to me, it's like if they don't have a, they, they know the story. They know America's not perfect. So why are we ashamed of that or why are yeah. we afraid of that? Yep. That That's what I'm getting. And and. The majority of the time, who who who's afraid for this to be taught? It ain't us. Mm-hmm. Just got to put it out there. It ain't black parents who don't want American history, a lot of this other stuff that people. Are, it ain't us. It ain't black and brown parents that are protesting against this stuff. It's not. So we were talking yesterday, man. It's like America really don't want black and brown people here. That's just my view. They don't want they don't want us in this freaking country, period. That's just my view. Powers to be. And but where can you go? You know, where where can you go? Uh, because it's getting to the point where I, I truly believe like they do not want us in this country, period. They they want to roll the clock back and uh to to make America great again. Well, to them. America was great when there wasn't nobody looking like you and me running around here. Right. You know, so it's it's amazing that now these people that in the past have kind of kept their mouths shut, you know, has not spoken up, spoken out. Yep. They get, you know, Cheeto Jesus who says anything and everything about anybody anyone so now they feel free enough to say anything the hell they want to say yep but yet they won't discuss the problems and the issues that make that that draw this country apart right they want to be huddled up some not all uh and let's just talk about people that are white supremacists uh neo-nazis uh Oath keepers, you know, all these people that 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 just want white people to survive, they want to be within their own group. Yeah. They don't want it. They don't want to see um, uh, minorities gain anything, anything. Nope. And so they're they've been emboldened by 
you know, Cheeto Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. he's he's the same guy that doesn't give a shit about them. Because right. all he sees from of them is a way that he can get their vote. He and get their money because mm-hmm. he doesn't give a shit about them. He just gives a shit about himself. Right. And he's going to use those people to get what he wants. And yeah. he's he's coward enough not to say, I want you to do this, but people infer or assume he wants those things done because he's a punk ass and that he knows that he he wants to stay clear of anything. It's just like the it's like the kid that's always edging somebody on. I dare you to go over there and right. and, and steal that candy. Right. Go go right. go into Bob's grocery store and get some bubble gum and come yeah. on back come come on back out. And the kid goes in there and gets the bubble gum, comes back out and he shares with everybody. Oh, you got me some bubble gum too. But he wouldn't go in there and get the right. bubble gum himself. Right. That's what Cheeto yeah. Jesus is like. Yeah, and these people are following him. Oh yeah. That's right savior, off the man. clip and, and, and giving boy. him money. Yes. That's their boy, man. They will they will bow down to him in a heartbeat, man. My view is why why are you supporting a loser? <laughs> a yeah. loser and a coward. coward. That that's who your savior is. <laughs> a loser and a coward. So but yeah, I, I he is ultimately responsible for this chasm uh that is uh, that is going on right now in this country that there is no civility. Um, there is no respect for each other. Uh, like you say, people are unhinged. They can say, do whatever they want because they feel empowered to do so. They're afraid that any person who doesn't look like them is somehow taking away from them. Um, they, they don't want anybody to have any rights with anything uh, if you don't look like them. Um, it, it's sad. It's yeah. sad, man, that um, that we have arrived at this point. Yeah. And, 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 and they throw out the socialism thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. they they use this idea of socialism to replace racism. Yep. You know. Yep. Well, Biden he just turned us into a socialist country. Yeah. Well, he's not turning us into something that we haven't already been. Right. You right. know, I mean, I see all these folks that, you know, in the place I we we have down in Florida, all these old ass people and they didn't complain about getting their social security check. That's right. <laughs> getting their That's Medicare social. and all that. Yeah, Medicare. Stuff. Hell, I'm Those getting are, both of them. Right. Those are you social know? programs administered by the government. Exactly. And so, so again, you you you've got you've got too many stupid people in this country. Stupid. Stupid. They 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 don't read, they don't study anything. They just once somebody throws out something, they jump on it and it's gospel. But you don't read, you don't study, so you don't know any different. And and that's how these lies and all this stuff get started, because we, we got a lot of dumb people in this country, man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, well, we're, we're at the top of the hour here. We can we'll probably be back into this again sometime. We it, for some reason, it keeps popping back up. It oh, yeah. rears its I head. Think it's, I think it's going to keep popping up. because. Yeah. I'm just going to say it here, man, and throw it out there. Quite honestly, I'm sick of America. I'm sick, man. I'm sick of it. You know, it, we we talk about it all the time. It's like, I am done, you know, with, with all this foolishness that's going on and and people dictating to to other people that somehow their rights trump other people's rights. 
and and it's it's just I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm okay. Done. <laughs> All right. Well, let's 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 put this um, this segment or this episode uh, to rest. I think we're working on this may be our one hundred and second or third podcast, oh, man. Okay. And um, yeah, it was a good conversation tonight. Um, we've we've talked about this conversation for months now, and it's time that we we have it and had it, and we'll continue to move forward. And um, as we always say, we're going to say it the way we see it, and um, we hope that you uh, uh, don't take this to heart. It's just two two small town guys. Um, having a conversation about topics hither or thither, and we're going to continue to uh, do this until uh, um, we get tired of doing it. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yep, er. All right, folks. So if you have any questions or anything, um, please shoot us a text or go to our Facebook page, and you can post something there. Uh, I'd like to say that um, I'd like to uh, hope that the situation over in Ukraine uh, come turns out to be positive. Uh, I have a former student of mine that's from Ukraine. Uh, I, I have no idea where he's at now. It's been uh, many years since I had him in class. Uh, I hope that he and his family are doing well. I hope the people of Ukraine continue to to fight against uh, an invasion uh, of their sovereign territory. Uh, I, I, I pray that uh, President Zelensky is uh, uh, taken care of and he's been blessed and he they have grace towards him and for all the people of Ukraine that are out there fighting against uh, a bully. Uh, a dictator in Vladimir Putin. Yep. Ditto. It's uh, courageous people. They're very courageous, and uh, the world needs to continue to support them and um, as they deal with this. And uh, hopefully, the the noose is getting tighter around Mr. Putin's neck, and uh, maybe it will drive him to uh, to end this. Man, uh, I hope so, because a lot of innocent people are are, are getting hurt by this, and. I don't. It, it's just a sad situation right now. So. Yep. With that being said, um, yeah, give us a shout and um, uh, make sure that you get out there. And we're coming up to um, voting season here within uh, the next few months. So get out and don't let them take away uh, your right to vote. Take somebody to the polls. Drive somebody to the polls. Help somebody to get registered and make sure that you exercise the one thing that they can't take away from you legally without a fight, and that is your right to vote. Absolutely. So with that, as in the old baseball uh, antage, like three strikes, we're we're out. out. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of those of the individual's and do not reflect on the official policies or positions of any government or corporation.